Welcome to the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we are dedicated to developing the leader in you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we're committed absolutely to developing the leader in you. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'm joined in the studio by my compadre and companion, uh, Jared Moss, who is on staff at a church in the area and also part of our Destiny staff. Jared, welcome, and I'm glad you're here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We're going to have a good time today talking about a very interesting subject, and that's different styles of churches. I think there are about three different styles of churches in America predominantly, though there's probably some that are out there on the fringe or maybe a a variety of nuances of these three. But I think I've identified three over the years that are what most churches tend to be. And so we're going to talk about those and name them. We're going to give you some characteristics and uh, some key words that relate to each one. And uh, maybe you can see your church in this podcast uh, review. And uh, hopefully at the end we can talk about how uh, each one of these can be blended into one supercharged dynamic church. Because the truth is we're not talking about right or wrong here or the church should be this or it shouldn't be that. We're talking about optimization and we're talking about maximization maximizing impact. And so, uh, Jared, are you ready? We're going we're gonna to throw them at you, and then we'll talk yeah. about them a little bit, okay? I'm excited. Uh, the very first type of church that I see in America, and the truth is I cut my eye teeth. This is my genesis. My origin was in these <laughs> churches. Uh, those are event-driven churches. So that very first one is an event-driven church. And in terms of characteristics about event-driven churches, generally the leadership uh, there are personality-focused. I mean, event churches are almost always pastored by a single or a couple of charismatic leaders wow. that essentially uh, are the are the the strength of speaking and the focus of leadership and the nexus the 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 the, the, the synergy of leadership is essentially invested in a couple of personalities. Most of the time, it's one. Yeah. Uh, the second characteristic is they're usually led by dynamic speakers. So that one charismatic leader is going to be normally a very engaging, very entertaining, very capable speaker speaker in terms of their pulpit skills and their uh, content generation and what have you. Uh, the third characteristic I've seen in event-driven churches is they tend to be pretty heavy on religious structure and culture. Really? In other words, they tend to be pretty religious in terms of their routines, the way they do things. Uh, their events often kind of follow a consistent pattern, you know. And I, I always joke about the fact that when, when I was brought up, we knew how to do good church. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, we, we having a good service, we knew how to... How to you know if if an extreme experience was your goal, we knew how to do that for you. We could make sure you had an amazing experience. But I always say that we didn't often develop great people, and so we knew how to perform ministry. And I don't mean that in a negative connotation. Yeah, but we just didn't develop great people. And I think that's one of the characteristics is we had our religious structure all down, but there wasn't a lot of flexibility in terms of who could participate. So you tend to have a lot of people watching and a few participating. Oh, okay. And then we are essentially leading in our religious structure while everyone else observes and watches and is a spectator. Uh, I think event churches, uh, event-driven churches tend to be very performance-driven. 
they know how to do good churches, I've mentioned. Uh, they tend to be experience-oriented, and the main metric for measuring success was someone's experience. Wow. Yeah, it's like, did you have a great time tonight at church? Like, you know? what did you think of that? That's right. That's right. What What was your experience like? Wow. Like, uh, that's typically, though it's used in other types of churches, sure. it's typically uh, an event-driven church. Uh, normally, event-driven churches, some, some real strong points is they are strong in evangelism. In other words, they tend to have, because people like to come to events, and yeah. the fact of the matter is most people that don't know the Lord that are coming to church are being invited to an event. Wow. And that event needs to be great. It needs to be engaging and entertaining, and the, because these churches are good at events, then often they tend to be really good at evangelism, bringing people in and getting them saved. Uh, we may not know exactly what to do with them after we get them saved, <laughs> but we're going to get them in the building and get them saved. Typically in volunteer in event-driven churches, I've seen um, low volunteer engagement because you have so much of the ministry that's being done by so few. Then consequently, a lot of times there's not a lot of room for volunteers, and so typically the engagement of volunteers tend to be low and. That that produces high leadership burnout rates. So less people doing the work, and thereby burning out faster because they're doing all the work. That's right. That's wow. right. You have less people involved and engaged at, at the volunteer level. Okay. And so consequently, more people, uh, less people are doing more of the work. Sure. And that whole Pareto principle, eighty twenty, where you have twenty percent of the people doing all the work, right? Eighty percent of the folks that are kind of disengaged or unplugged would be a great, um, probably graphic or metric for an event driven church. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's one of the characteristics. Um, I think in terms of a keyword, there, mm-hmm. if we're talking about, say, what would be a keyword that would summarize an event driven environment or an event driven church? And I think that word would be experience. It's like everything is built around the person's experience. And I'm not just talking about new people. I'm talking about members and long-term sure. members. It, and everyone, from the pulpit to the back door, it's did we have good church? Yeah. Was it great tonight? Right. Did you have, you know. And I think when you're thinking about strengths and weaknesses uh, of, say, an event-driven environment like that, is the pressure to always outperform the last event. Wow. You know, and and so it's like next week's got to be better than this week. Yeah, and and we've all been around people that are driven by performance, but sometimes it's because they've been inculcated with the culture that right. says we're only as good as our last event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we probably some of us even said that. I've yeah. probably said that. You know, <laughs> it sounded like, good. We're only, said it. talking about destiny conferences. It's yeah. like we're only as good as our last. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. conference and uh, or what have you done for me lately? And I understand that that's there is some human nature uh, involved there. Sure, but the thing is that is a a weakness of an event driven mm. culture. Is it is so driven by the experience that wow. we have to constantly find new ways to wow people right. to get them more churned up and excited. And you know, we were talking just off uh, off microphone. You and I were talking about the fact that. There are a lot of churches that are event-driven churches that try to start, start small groups. Yeah. And typically, or often, not always, but often the case is those groups won't work very well. Really? It, it, perhaps one of the biggest questions I hear traveling, working with churches that have an event-driven background or are currently event-driven churches, one of the great questions I have is how do we get small groups to start? Yeah. And... In most cases, the reason they don't work is because they've just really become 
many events. Wow. It's like the the you have 30 groups that form and there now are 30 mini events in addition to the big sunday events and maybe wednesday nights yeah and, and extra events even in addition to that absolutely absolutely and the problem if i'm a small group leader and i'm raised in a culture where everything's about the event right then it creates tremendous pressure for me to be better next week than I was last week. And, and have more attendance. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Wow. So typically you'll hear things said like this. Wow, we started our small groups and they were great. Man, people really came out for the mm-hmm. first few weeks. And then they dwindled to about half. And then they went on down below that to where there wasn't enough to really keep them going. Wow. Well, that in my hearing, when I'm hearing that, uh-huh. I often know that that was an event-driven culture. The okay. DNA of, a, of a, an event-driven psychological um, yeah. structure because what happens is how i mean i i, I could ask this question so if you're going to have a baseball game at the church right right go out to the park you know there are the the lot the, the vacant lot everybody bring your lawn chairs we're going to have a hot dog it's going to be a great time we're going to have yeah. an awesome event it's going to be great you know bring your bats and your softballs and your gloves and everybody's going to get to play and all that that's great all the church turns out. Yeah. But maybe if you do the same ball game next week. Oh, no. And then the next week. And the next week. <laughs> and the next week. Well, it's not long until you have about half the church turning out because they're tired of hot dogs. Yeah. They don't know. They don't play. They yeah. like to see you play, and they've had all the laughs. Yeah. And then finally it gets down to where there's not enough even to make up a team because that event being recreated right. over and over again did not sustain itself. Yeah. So when event-driven churches create small groups without developing a different philosophy about those groups and their right. purpose, what happens is inevitably they just create 20 or 30 small events. Small events, wow. And they're almost always unsustainable. Yeah. And so that's one of the weaknesses of an event-driven church is amidst many of their strengths about drawing people and getting people sure, to the Lord. Definitely. Amongst many of those strengths... There are a few weaknesses, and that's that's one of them. Wow! I, I think in my experience, it seems like about a thousand people is what a, an event-driven church can grow to. Really? I think that's. I have no scientific data for that. It's just observation. Sure. But it seems to me that there are some event-driven churches that get up to about a thousand. Right. And it seems like with that main one Sunday or multiple services, whatever event yeah. that they can sustain. About 600 to 1,000. Wow. But I think it's really hard to go beyond that. Why do you think that is? We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's go into the second type of church, because I think what we'll do is kind of throw these characteristics out. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, we'll talk about yeah. uh, how to fix some of those problems and how to yeah. address that. Yeah. That's a great question. So coming soon. Just for, a, <laughs> just for a later moment. Oh, sure. I love it. <laughs> okay, so the second type of church that I see in America are program-driven churches. So the first one is an event-driven church. The second one is a program-driven church. And I think the the general characteristics there uh, from a leadership standpoint is administrative gifts, where the event-driven church really is dependent on a charismatic speaker that's the leader who has the vision, very personality-driven. A program-driven church is is the leadership really needs an administrative gift because they are organized. They have organized themselves 
laws around a slate of great programs. Okay. Sunday services being one of those. Right. But maybe Sunday school, maybe the men's auxiliary, women's auxiliary, sure. various insulary activities that are going on that are programmed. Maybe they have a great youth group yeah, or yeah. they have programs. Uh, programs drive their culture and their gravity in the community so people know them as a great place for your kids or wow. a great place for a young couple or because they have programs for you. Right. And uh, they have things that are going on, programs that you can get involved with. They offer strong programs that are normally targeted at specific demographics like men, women, children. Uh, they also uh, can be oriented to deal with issues like drug and alcohol addiction, divorce, parenting. They have all of these programs that are designed to reach into the community and reach families for specific situations and circumstances. You're probably thinking, you know, about some in your city. Yeah. Uh, maybe your church is this way. I mean, you, you may be largely a program-driven churches. Uh, most services are less about experience and more about recruiting for ministry programs. Wow. So the distinction so between an event-driven, where the experience is everything, right, the program-driven church, really, it's uh, it's participation. It's mm-hmm. about participating. Um, you know, it's it's about recruiting, getting you into a program. Sunday is sort of a showroom where programs are sold. Sure. You know, so on the overheads, there are these barrage of programs coming at you. Yeah, you and, and you're always hearing, you know, an MC or a pastoral type saying, hey, remember we're launching this next week, or hey, remember to take your kids to this program or have your youth made it to this event, and it's that constant reminder of there's something here for you and your kids, which is awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, the truth is, remember, there are none of these things are bad, right. e- evil or wrong. There are weaknesses and strengths in each one of these, yeah. uh, but that's certainly it. Yeah. Um, so most services are kind of about recruiting people there, sort of a showroom to get people into programs. Uh, the success metric in a program-driven church is normally based on levels of participation in programs. How many people do we have in the men's group? How many okay. people do we have in the in the the Awanas? Or how many people do we have in in the youth group? Right. Or, or or any number. You just kind of name the 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 idea. Success is often measured about levels of participation. Right. I think the weakness uh, is the lack of collective purpose in the organization. It can be. This mm-hmm. can be a weakness okay. in a program-driven church, is that we have a lot of programs going, but none of them are really intertwined. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah. it's like none of them are really designed to necessarily right. fully disciple you. Like a menu, you know, and you can pick and choose rather than like... A progression. Know, that's, right. that's right. I mean, I think the weakness of a program-driven church... and. And again, there's some great, some of the greatest churches in America are programmed driven. But I think one of the weaknesses is they don't always necessarily take you someplace. Wow. You can be in the men's group for 35 years. Wow. And essentially gone to a lot of, you know, through a lot of programming. Yeah. In the program. That's right. Wow. That's right. And so that can be a weakness. Uh, They're heavy on activity, but not always strong on discipleship. Okay. And I think the key word here, because we're talking about key words for each one. The first one, an event, was experience. The second right. one is participate. Wow. So it's not so much about your experience. It's are you participating? Yeah. What, you know, are you involved in a program? Beyond this moment, beyond Sunday or the event. That's right. You, wow. Okay. What program are you involved in? Sure. You know, well, I'm, I'm in this group or that group. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like small groups, but the difference 
is is that groups are really discipleship. You know, when when groups develop, they really were designed for community and discipleship. Yes, it's yeah. not just a program. Yeah. that you get involved with. It's not just uh, the Christmas box. Right, that's a program. Right, you know, and you there are people, and that's an example. I know your church does that, and it's an awesome program. Yeah, we have a lot of churches that participate in that, and right. I'm not knocking the program. Yeah, but when you take something like that, a lot of people will come to church on Sunday and be involved in that program. Yes, and right. it's a program. It's really not designed to disciple them. Right, though there are certain discipleship things that happen while they're participating. Sure. But yet, sometimes it's inadequate. It's not designed for that. It's right. a program. Right. So that's kind of the idea. I, I think they can uh, be heavy on activity and not always strong in discipleship. Right. Keyword, participate. Let's go to the last one because I think this will help to bring the three together. Yeah. Uh, the third type of church that I see in America, and these probably are the ones that are exploding the most, frankly. Really? Yeah. Uh, that that would be the process-driven church. Process. The process-driven uh, in a process-driven church, everyone is encouraged to be in the process of the discipleship and service. Wow. So you do have a preacher, you do have a leader, you do have a campus pastor, or you do have someone that's not that you don't have central leadership. Yeah. But the real locomotion of the church is everyone being in the process. So you wow. have these three. You have an event-driven church, a program-driven okay. church, and then a process-driven process. church. Typically, process-driven churches... Heavy on discipleship, heavy right. on engagement, uh, volunteers and serving are critical, viewed to be critical in the process. So it's not just learning the Bible, but it's learning and applying the Bible in some serving capacity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that little extra ingredient where we don't just create people whose heads are full. Right. But they're also applying what they're learning Active in very practical doing. ways. That's wow. right. We're not just teaching them to be, but to do. Wow. Yeah. So good. So volunteers and serving are critical in a process-driven church. Uh, engagement and activation of believers is the focus. Mm-hmm. Engage people, lead them to Christ, then lead them to an active, you know, a, being activated in their faith. Wow, that's the focus. Uh, personal development and growth of the person is the goal. So instead of helping us grow the church, we want the church to help us grow you. Wow, you know that's really kind of it shifts. From from you know help right. us grow yeah. to let us help you grow. Yeah. It's a different perspective. It's a different perspective. So personal development and growth of the person is the goal. Uh, they're similar to program driven churches in some ways, kind of because often these process driven churches almost have to have small groups, okay? Because you just can you can only deliver so much of the process on a Sunday message. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of the admonition. It's kind of the encouragement. Yeah. It's kind of the uh, the the you know the the goal, the model, the vision. Right. But then we have to have a way for that to happen, and right. that requires a process. Wow. And so I, I'm helping churches develop this. You know, is is critical. I think to growth. Uh, so uh, they're they're similar though in the sense that program driven churches have places you can connect, mm-hmm. but they're not always interconnected. Really? Yeah, they're not always. A process-driven church with groups should take you from your conversion through the development of your gifts and yeah. building community and relationship with other believers, yeah. finding your places of interest, and then ways to serve the body. Yeah. And so, yes, the church does grow, but the yeah. church grows as you grow. 
Wow. And so that's really uh, the difference where a program might not provide that level of personal growth. Okay. Right. You know, it's the process. Sure. Okay. Wow. So uh, every program has develop, a developmental component. That would be the distinction. It's like, okay, how would you distinguish between a program-driven church and a process-driven church? I would say that every program in a process-driven church has a developmental component. I love what Ark says in Highlands. People hear this a lot. And, and this would be an example of a process-driven church. Many of the Ark churches and certainly some of the the flagship churches like Highlands and New Life, yeah, yeah. they're very oriented toward process, taking people from one place to their you know their beginning point to where God wants them, right? Uh, you know to be. But every group has a developmental component. They'll hear things. Say, I've heard Chris Hodges say myself, "What's your next step?" Yeah, helping yeah. people take that next step. That every group is designed to help people take their next, next step. And so I think if you're saying, man, how do I figure this out if we want to be a process-driven church? It's like, okay, if you've got 200 people out there, what are we doing as a church to help them take their next step? Yeah, yeah. And so there are a variety of platforms out there for that. Uh, Growth Track is a great one. Right. Uh, there, there are several like that, you know, and people call them different things. But that's why they fit into the puzzle and important, because you need a vehicle to help people process through sure. toward God's purpose for their life and find a place to serve and be effective in that. Um Normally, there's a path that facilitates the process, like growth track, and that's a characteristic that you'll see. And I think the key word that we see in a process-driven environment is development. 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 So if we kind of contrast the three, Mm -hmm. in the event-driven environment, the key word is experience. Right. In the program-driven environment, the key word is participation. In a process-development environment, the key word is development. Wow. And I think there's the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's the secret sauce that makes ARC so effective in planning and growing churches. And that style is they tend to focus on the process. Now, does that mean they don't do great events? No, they do great events. Uh, Does that mean they don't have great programs? No, they have great programs. Sure. But every event and every program is designed to facilitate a process in the life of a, a new believer. Yeah. So they come to Jesus at an event get plugged in immediately to a process right. whereas that's reflected in programs yeah. the churches are, are offering to minister to people. Yeah. So the truth is, a supercharged church, a superpowered church, in my opinion, is a church that does all three of these things well. Wow. And I talk with church planners a lot, and I often talk about these three dynamics. You've got to do a great event. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do too much. Do a great event mm-hmm. that is kind of the lobby or the showroom for your ministry. Bring people in. Right. You need to develop a few really great programs. Sure. And then the bulk of your energy, finance, and focus needs to be on perfecting a process. process. And when people come, invite them to become part of the process. That is so good. You know, I think about it, I've got, you know, I'm a big Apple products user, um, and I didn't mean to be. I just started out with an iPhone when they first came out, and, you know, but after you add a MacBook in and an Apple Watch in, and, you know, uh, I've got an Apple TV in, I think, I'm an, I think I've got an Apple HomePod and AirPods. I think those are my last two. But basically what I'm learning is the beauty of iOS and the cloud is that they all talk to each other. You know, I can airdrop something from my phone to my computer to my iPad to my TV. It's all in the cloud. It all works together and talks to each other. And that's kind of what I think I'm hearing you say is like 
praise God for events. It's awesome. You have great programs, and the kids are happy, and we've got the women's ministry and the prayer meetings and, and this outreach and that, and we've got classes, but they all talk to each other. And like you said, taking that next. If I'm going to Sunday school, praise God for Sunday school, but what's my next? And how does Sunday school impact the small groups? And how do the small groups, how do we celebrate that and, and talk back to that in the service? And how does the service point back to the Sunday school. And it's like I'm seeing that cohesiveness as you're sharing these three different types. Absolutely. I think one of the fundamental mistakes that we make, that if we can correct it, will help us solve a lot of the the dilemma of how do we do all these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Donald Miller is the the president CEO of StoryBrand. Okay. You can Google him. You can get out and check it. And it'll be in the show notes as well, a link to. uh, They're essentially a coaching, marketing, management type firm. Uh, I, I believe they are kind of Christian based. He wrote the book Blue Light Jazz, and wow. and and so, but they really are known for helping companies to market effectively to this generation and speak to the culture. And he talks about a fundamental mistake a lot of organizations make, mm-hmm. like on their website or in their publications, is they tend to make themselves the institution, the hero of a story. That if you think about a relationship, that mm-hmm. you're starting with a customer mm-hmm. as a story that you're going to tell. Or wow. a story that they're, that they're going to experience. He said the fundamental mistake most organizations make is they make themselves the hero of the story. Wow. And the truth is the company should be the narrator or the guide and the client the yeah. hero. Yeah. Okay. So think about that in the context of what we're talking about. An event-driven church, one of the weaknesses is it tends to make the institution the hero. Wow. Instead of it being about us growing you, right? We want you to help, and I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, help grow us. Yeah, and if you'll get your friend to come and help grow us, oh, wow. we'll have this awesome church when all of y'all are helping <sighs> us grow. Instead of saying, "Wait a minute, let's change our storyline." Yeah, let's find ways that we can help you become the hero of wow. your story. Wow, and we know that Jesus is the hero of all our stories, sure. so I don't need to get any emails about. About that, I'm not getting. But what I'm suggesting is, when a process oriented, people say, "Why does these church? Why do these churches work so well?" Yeah. It's because in many ways they are making the client, the yeah. new believer, the hero of the story. As an institution, it's my, our job to help guide you through the process of you becoming a superstar in the kingdom. Right. You becoming all that God's called you to be in the kingdom. And in our system, our process is designed to help yeah. you become what God's called you to be. It's not about you helping us do something great. And so I think if we shift that mindset where we begin to look at it as a template, kind of lay it over our events and over our programs and say, where in this event is it clear? Where are we delivering a clear message that our aim is to help you be all God's called you to be and you to be the husband you need to be or the wife that you need to be or the mom or the dad or you to be the kind of employer that that carries forth the salt and light of the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If we can get that right, you can't do it hardly without a process. That's so good. You can have an event without it. You can have a program without it. But if you're going to have a process, you've got to shift the focus Mm -hmm. away from your institution or organization or church being the hero of the story and that person who's reading it becomes the hero of the story. Wow. That's so good. You know, I have a friend that just joined uh, staff at a well-known megachurch 
in, in, in America. And I was on uh, following some of his pictures on Instagram from there the other day. And I saw really big right on the wall when you walk into their lobby. It said, see what God can do through you. <laughs> and it's right where, you know, everybody's coming in. First time they visit, see what God can do through you. And it's like, that was like their motto. And I'm like thinking, man, I, you know, picture the single mother who did all she could to get her two kids here today because a coworker invited her, you know, or or a man who just suffered a tragedy or a loss in his family, and he's coming there. I mean, people naturally want to feel like they have a connection with God and that God has a purpose for their life. And I think that's the key in all three of these, you know, it, weaving them together is that there's a purpose on the inside of man. And there's a place and a way you're going to activate that purpose and walk into it. I think that's what you're saying. Absolutely, it is. And again, I think each one of the three are very vital sure. and can be functional and effective at yeah. some level. Yeah. But when you want to pull the ceiling off, wow. then we need to focus on doing, delivering all three of those. They need to be our deliverables where we're doing great events. Mm-hmm. But if all we do is events and we create a culture where everything is an event, everything our groups are events, Everything's it's they become unsustainable. Wow. So typically what you'll see happen is a congregation will recycle about every six or eight or ten years. Yeah. So what'll happen is you'll hit that ceiling of about five to six hundred mm-hmm. and then something will happen, people become complacent, a little bored with the events that they've been coming to. Yeah. And then they'll begin to diminish. But because of the strength of recruiting right. and, and evangelism, you will replace that congregation right. with another congregation and these event driven cultures tend to recycle their participants a lot wow. people coming and people going now we know every church has that sure but in this kind of environment it tends to be a little more pronounced and a little more uh, profound right where in a process driven culture the, the the motivation for survival becomes internalized mm-hmm. and people are coming in because they're becoming a disciple. They're yeah, become, they yeah. see it in themselves. Yeah. They're not just hearing someone sing to them or hearing someone preach to them yeah. or, or coming for a great event that they enjoy. They are seeing that event go home with them. That's so awesome. Because the process has now become part of the inside of them. And the focus of the institution is about doing just that. Wow. It's getting them inside. Getting It's not getting them to church. It's getting church in them. Wow. So that it goes with them. That is so good. So when that happens, they're not just basing their participation on another great event. Yeah. They're there because they understand how important they are to the process. Yeah. And they're inviting their friends because it's like, you need to see what's happening. I'm, yeah. My life is changing. Yeah. You know, and they, they then are excited to invite people into that. And you need a great event to invite them to. Yeah. That. Yeah. But events at that point become an on-ramp to a process right. and not the end of themselves. That is so good. Yeah. You know, I think about it. I think it was John Maxwell, something he said that floored me one time. And he said, you know, to grow, add people, but to grow explosively, multiply leaders. And he was talking in that concept of development, I'm thinking now. And the idea is like, I guess the, if, if that what you're saying is correct, which I believe it is, in just a solely event-driven church, kind of that charismatic spirit, spiritual figure and that, that, that senior leader, wherever they're ceiling at is the ceiling for where they're at. But as everyone jumps in and participates, all of a sudden the ceiling's lifted because everybody's got 12. I think of the woman at the well, you know, who when she really came face to face with Christ and who was talking to her, 
You know, she drinks the living water and then she runs and tells the whole village, you know, come and see this man. And I'm like, what would church look like if the whole church was active in that process of come and see the Lord versus <laughs> we came and saw and it was great and we'll be back next week and that's it. Yeah. I think, again, it sounds like I'm bashing the event driven no, yeah, culture. Yeah. I'm not because, again, that's my origin and there's some great churches that are event driven churches. But in the context of the woman with the well, I mean, this could be said in an event driven culture, we're telling her, you know where the well is, come get a drink, right. come get a drink. Yeah. In a process driven culture, we're saying, take the well. Wow. You know, come and get, wow. get some water and take the well. So right. leave your pot and take the well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the power of a process. Wow is the power of a process is it helps not just create people that have got to constantly be coming back for yeah. a refreshing, though we all need to be refreshed. Sure, definitely. But that's not the culture we've created where it's like, man, what's going to happen Sunday? I don't know, but I can't yeah. wait to get there. What's going to happen Sunday? <laughs> you know, well, that was great. Can't wait till next Sunday. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's yeah. like bringing your pot and getting a pot full yeah. of living water. Yeah. It's good, but if it don't last the week. You know, right. Where if it's what Jesus essentially said to the woman, said, Woman, you're coming to get water. What if I just fix it so you can take the well? Wow. Because when you take a drink of the living water, yeah. you'll never thirst again. So so, good. so that's another way of saying that. And you brought that up. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. It's just a you're softball. <laughs> hit, hit it out there. But uh but so interesting things to, to think about. And I hope today that this has helped you in our conversation uh, mm-hmm. today. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation about the three different styles of churches. I hope you did not hear me say that any one of them are bad. But what I believe, and just my advice from a leadership trainer and an equipper of leaders, uh, my advice is to develop all three because I think a great church has all three. They have great events, they have great programs, and they have a fundamental yeah. undergirding process that's designed to take people from that moment of surrender to Jesus yeah. to that fully engaged, developed, equipped believer to be all that God's called them to be. And as always, if you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. You can simply drop me an email at pb at com. If you have questions about this or would like to talk more about it, we would be delighted to do that, wouldn't we, Jerry? Definitely. 100%. Yeah. So it's been a a great time today. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time on the Destiny Leaders Podcast, where we are absolutely committed to helping you develop the leader in you. Thank you for listening to the Destiny Leaders Podcast. If this episode has inspired you in any way, we'd love for you to take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like a copy of today's notes, visit destinyleaders.com forward slash show notes. You can also sign up to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox when they are released. Join us next time as we continue to develop the leader in you.